0: Guys, welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Justin, and Doug is missing. Where did he go? What happened to him? Did someone take him? Was it the Illuminati? No one knows. I'm just joking. Doug had to run and grab a train because Doug lives in the suburbs now. So I'm doing the intro solo. Hashtag, you're welcome. Before we get into things, uh, we want to thank our sponsor, Elephant and Castle, 185 North Wabash, the corner of Lake and Wabash in Chicago, Illinois. They got a bunch of other locations, but this one is our absolute favorites. They're a wonderful sponsor. They let us record here every week. If you are in the Chicago area, you absolutely need to come and check out Elephant and Castle. It's right in the heart of the city. There's a lot to do in the area. So if you come in here, if you're coming downtown to do stuff, it's not hard to get here. And they also have daily specials. There's happy hour, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., if you're in the city during that time swing on by they've got snack and shares which is half price on items 11 or less less 11 or less they've got domestic drafts which are four dollars and house wines four dollars those are happy hours again monday through friday 6 p.m 3 p.m to 6 p.m need to slow down because i'm talking faster than my lips can deliver daily specials are another thing they have here now these are the bread and butter of this place in my humble opinion One and Done Monday, this is by far my favorite drink. I live in the city, I've lived here for about 15 years. This is one of my favorite, probably my favorite drink special in the entire city. A craft keg of beer taps at 5 p.m. and they pour it till it's gone. It's $3 a glass. You walk in, you're like, hey, what's the One and Done special today? And they're like, well, this week we got this because they rotate every Monday. They're, this week we got this. I've never heard of that. How much? Is it gonna cost me You know, a mortgage? Is it gonna cost me a month's rent? No, guess what, fella? For you and everyone else, it's $3. That's right, $3. Tin Up Tuesdays, all tins are 25% off. And a tin, since I'm not here to banter with Doug, it's a can of beer. Guys, 25% off all cans of beer. Wine Down Wednesdays, wine by the glass is a dollar off and wine by the bottle is half price. Locals only Thursday is Select Chicago Drafts, uh, 5 dollars 5 $5.50, and you can get something that's brewed right here in the City of Wind. Saturdays and Sundays, if you're into the brunch scene, we've got Mimosas and Bloody Marys for $5 a piece, and they're fucking amazing. Again, 185 North Wabash is the corner of uh, Lake and Wabash. Please come on down. Tell them uh, Mind Gap sent you. Tell them Justin and Doug. Sing their praises. It means a lot to us. Also, we would like you to go on iTunes, go on Stitcher, go on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find a podcast, go on there and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything that we put out. Also, while you're on there, we would like you to review us and we would like you to give us a rating so people know what they're getting into and we can see what you think of our podcast. And then my big thing that I always like to ask, just share us. Anywhere you're listening to this, there's a share button somewhere on there or just copy the link and share it to your social media page. You can show the whole podcast or just an episode that you find interesting. But if every single person shares this with just one other person and they share it with one person, man, it's just, uh, I'm not a mathematician, but it's a lot of people. So please just do that for us. Now, episode 166 of Mind Gap Podcast, Doug and I decided it would be nice to uh, just sit down and have a conversation like uh, like the good old days. So we sat down and we talked about comedy. We talked about comedy movies. Why are some comedy movies hysterical and why are they sometimes a giant miss and they just suck uh we talked about cooking we talked about how doug's mom imparted all of her cooking wisdom on him and it took all of five minutes and then he has gotten really good from that point forward so we talk a little bit about cooking we talk about commercials that drive us nuts and we talk about some other things that are sprinkled in there it's basically just a good old mind-gapped conversation uh, it, it's the stuff we used to do before we ever had a microphone sitting in front of us. It's the genesis of this podcast. So this really is what Mind Gap is born. This is the stuff that MindGap was born out of. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 166 of MindGap Podcast.
1: MindGap Podcast. Assessment. Make an assessment. That's a fucking you've seen that, right? You're the reason why I know that <laughs> reference. And I remember my favorite response was from Drew when you showed it to him and he just goes, God, British humor. That's all he that's his <laughs> only response to it. That's the perfect response to that though. Because I love the first two minutes.
0: Well the first two minutes are absolutely brilliant. And then it just fucking Fucking goes off the rails. I mean,
1: it could have just ended right there. I'd be like, I don't know what I just fucking watched, but that was hilarious.
0: Right, the minute he pulls him under. Yeah. Like we don't need to see any of the underwater scene.
1: For the record, we're talking about the the, the scene, old Greg. I'm old Greg. I'm old Greg. It's pretty. It's a pretty bonkers like sketch. Yeah. It's if British.
2: You,
0: if you Google old Greg, and if you have internet that actually works, let me change which Wi-Fi I'm on here. I think if you just Google old Greg, you should find it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a really weird yep. British sketch. And Justin showed it to me when we were at assignment desk and I was like, what? I, I was laughing my ass off for the first two minutes. And then for the next eight, I was like, what? Yeah. What is going on here? And I would have loved to hear the pitch because here's the thing, Justin, that's not the first round of the script. No, you know, they no, had, no, no, to, no. they had to write that multiple times and someone directed it and was like, Hey, let's try that line again. You know, like, to get what they wanted.
0: The Well, real quick, it's uh, Greg with two Gs, mm-hmm. so make sure you Google it correctly. Um, but it's from uh, the Mighty Boosh, B-O-O-S-H, sketch is called Old Greg. Storyline, on what was intended to be a relaxing trip to the country, Howard is taken captive by a local terror and legend, cave dwelling, part fish, part man, cross-dressing. The exact ratios are unclear, Old Greg.
1: What a terrible description.
0: It's not terrible. It's, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> I could sum um, that up quicker. The Mighty Boosh. Hold on. Let's see. what this I think this is a sketch. It's a British comedy television series. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it was a sketch in a series, but like a sketch that went on far too long.
1: Now, again, someone wrote that out. Right. And was like, oh, cool. And maybe at one point someone was like, hey, we need to shorten this. <laughs> Guys, I got this. So, we got the good stuff, you know. I and-
0: think... It's either, I don't know which one of these, it's, it's either 6 minutes and 47 seconds or 10 minutes, 10 and a half minutes. I think Depending it's Depending on 10 which, and a half. which one,
1: I don't know if which one of
0: these is the actual
1: sketch. I think you showed me the 10 and a half and I was like, Jesus, it's this too is too long. Well, and I, yeah. I went from being very like interested because the characters shift dramatically too, like once they go under. Oh yeah, very much so. I'm like, ah, this was just so bizarre and crazy and the, the absurdity of it like made me laugh so hard.
0: Well, cuz it's just at at the at the front, it's just creepy because it's a guy in a lake on a boat and he's happy because he's alone. It's a moonlit night with a lot of stars. He's having a great time just fishing by himself. And all of a sudden there's a mist that comes over the water and he hears this sound and then the mist clears and there's this thing sitting in the boat and you're like what the fuck is going on? And it's the weirdest looking thing. And he pronounces himself as old Greg. And they have this weird exchange. Tries to kick him out of the boat. And eventually he lifts up his tutu that he's wearing. You're right. I said tutu. And this light shines from his genitalia. And then it like a flash. And then the next scene it opens underwater. Mm-hmm. The first part is is fine because you don't know what it is. There's no explanation. You're like, that was fucking bonkers i have no idea what that was i don't need any context i don't need backstory mm-hmm. you know it's like george, you get it you, they george, george lucas the fuck out of it yeah
1: because and then it, there's a
0: part in it that's animated yep. too if i'm not he mistaken starts
1: talking about how he went to space and right. jammed on it was i was like and i'm done and
0: we are out of here yeah so the first part again because it's, it's the george lucas effect you mm-hmm. went too deep you went too far into the weeds just leave old Greg the weirdness that he is.
1: My favorite part of that opening bit is when, you know, old Greg goes, what do you think? And the guy goes, I don't rightly know. I don't rightly know, sir. He goes, make an assessment. Make an assessment. I'm just like, what a weird thing to say to someone who's like, I don't know, make an assessment. I always appreciated that part of I'm it.
0: I'm trying to find the uh, the exact part here. Yeah. I have pulled it up.
1: It's so good.
2: don't how come this in my head, to come to a club where people each other. No, I going to hurt you. Excuse me. I like you. What do you think of me? I don't rightly know, sir. Make an assessment. <laughs> I think you're a nice modern gentleman. Don't lie to me,
1: boy. <laughs> it's
2: just a it's, weird. It's it, like said so voice in like, that. Yeah, stern
1: and confrontational, but I also. I think you're a
0: fine, rightly gentleman.
1: Don't lie to me, boy. Don't lie to me, boy. <laughs> I'm old Greg. I'm old Greg. You want to come to a club
0: with a wee on each other? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> I'm going to hurt you. What? I like I li- you. I li- <laughs> That's what made me laugh so much. All I'm right. going to hurt you. What? I like I you. I like you. Huh? What? What do you think of me? <laughs> I don't really know, sir. Make an assessment. Make an assessment. <laughs> 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 fucking, the. I guess, yeah, Drew's,
1: Drew's was the
0: perfect fucking British
1: humor, man. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an odd beast. Were
0: you, are you into, like, are you, Monty Python? Are you a fan of British humor? Or I mean, The I, Office, the original Office.
1: I, I haven't watched a lot of it, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I there's I've I've seen you know Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, I watched Life of Brian. I remember really liking Life of Brian because at the time I was really anti-religion. I was like, <laughs> yeah, fuck that. This is hilarious. Um, as a kid,
0: I didn't like Life of Brian as much as I do now. Yeah, I, I find far far more humor in it as an adult than I do Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail. I, I I've always loved that one. That's just a silly movie.
1: I feel like that one got. It, it happens a lot with comedies, where people tell you, "Oh, this is really funny," and I go and watch it. And my expectations are off. More so, you can go, you know, say, "Hey, this movie is good." If it's an action movie, I feel like there's a lot more wiggle room with comedy. Yeah, yeah. If it's not your brand of humor, yeah. like it, it's it's like oh, so I, I remember watching, going, "I can't wait for this to get funny." Right. <laughs> I can't wait for this to get funny. Right. It's just a guy walking with someone, you know, you know, clacking. Uh, some coconut shells. coconut shells behind him pretending to be a horse. There's the guy, you know, the, the, the knight, you know, who's so like, you know.
0: Sounds um, like you don't like British humor.
1: Maybe. I mean, if that's the summation of it, then I guess not. Yeah. I remember watching some Monty Python sketches and then liking some and just being like, I don't understand this for others. Well, here's
0: the thing. Uh, Monty Python, Monty Python's Flying Circus was their sketch show. And that that is a lot of people, a lot of people like, Oh, Monty Python's Flying Circus was just—it was amazing, and this and that. It was—it was groundbreaking at the time. Like for what? Again, this is one of those things where you have to put yourself in the mm-hmm. moment. Something, stuff like this had never been done before, and so that's really what made it so, yeah, so like hard hitting, and people just ate it up because it was like this goes against all established rules, sure. and it said fuck you to the monarchy and and yeah. all this shit. Like it was, it was just, you know. guys cross-dressing and it Mm -hmm. just didn't happen at the time you know it was it was completely bucking the system if you really go back and look at those sketches subjectively a lot of them are like meh the famous ones are the ones that are hysterical Mm -hmm. like the ones that the argument, uh, like you know, where he goes and he pays for uh, an argument, mm-hmm. you know, like that. That's one of those. And the, the reason that one is one of the famous sketches is because it was one of the funny ones. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of them. Well, that it's if like you
1: SNL, back, you know, people will right. highlight the really funny, you know, yeah. amazing ones that have stood the test of time, you know, or the silly bits that have come out of it. The you know, the characters that they created, you know, like Stefan and Drunk Uncle, right? The Christopher like that. Walken's cowbell character, yeah, like yeah. all that sort of stuff, you know. Th- there's other stuff that like the plays. It's like cool. Well, that happened, right? And that was yeah. a
0: sketch that we'll never see again or yeah. ever hear of. And uh, you'll, mm-hmm. one day you'll catch a rerun of it, and you're like,
1: "Oh god, I forgot about that sketch." Oh, that happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I liked Kids in the Hall for a little while. See,
0: again, I when I was younger, I didn't get it, and I would love to go back now because I, being more of a student of comedy now, yeah, like I've heard so many people speak. So highly of Kids in the Hall. And at the time, I did not have the, the the mental appreciation for it.
1: I remember there's definitely some bits that I enjoyed more than others, but I just remember there was, uh, it was, it was pretty well, I can't remember why I liked it so much, but I just, I think I liked a lot of the actors. I liked David Foley a lot yeah. and a lot of those guys. And I just, I remember for, I remember the, their last episode, I think they had some Canadian ratings, okay. like official dance on their grave. <laughs> As part of the sketch, they're like, finally, these guys are dead. Right, right, right. And, like, it, it, it was just really, I, I think it was a similar thing. Like, if you watched it now, you'd probably be like, I don't see what the big fuss is about. But right. But for the time, it was pretty unique.
0: It was. Well, yeah, because it was, that was, you know, that was the, the comedy of the 90s. And, again, mm-hmm. it was it was exploring the alternate scene and the punk scene. And the it, it, yeah. it explored the the themes that people were experiencing in the <laughs> I 90s. I just remember
1: one sketch in general. They were trying to make it, like, a very high-brow artistic sort of black and white thing and really all it was was like a bunch of really weird imagery and it was like kind of in black and white and there was this guy that would just come by with glasses and like a turtleneck and just be eating sausages and goes sausages! And then it would like slowly pan past him onto something else and he'd be on a conveyor belt going sausages! I thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world sure, but yeah. I think back to it I'm like I think that was a pretty weird sketch <laughs> like, like
0: what? Yeah it was the alternative comedy sketches. I was like okay yeah.
1: like I don't understand the Point of this, but you know, right? I would love to go back and catch a couple of those because I'm sure I'd, I'd, it'd be fun to just take a peek at those again.
0: <laughs> I would, yeah, I would like to go back. What we should do at some point is we should go and just like grab different things from different points in time and go back and just kind of rewatch and see yeah. and assess them, make an assessment mm. now, like with what we've what we've been through yeah. and with the. You know the improv levels and the writing levels and the acting, like the stuff that we've done thus far. Yeah, and just go back and kind of like figure out, like, well, okay, so what made this work? Sure. What what made this miss? And you know, well, like you. The show, cultural I remember relevance. at one
1: point you showed me some old SNL sketches, and I was just like, I don't like this. The, the yeah, pacing yeah. is different. Like, because that's the thing too. Is it's like watching older movies, the pacing, the editing, right. all that sort of stuff. Like, we, things were a much slower burn because that's kind of what people were used to. Yeah. And nowadays, like <clears> things got to be. Boom, 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 boom. You've got to kind of like keep things moving because I get bored real quick. Yeah. I mean, it can be a slower scene, but it it has to, it can't feel long like we've talked about before. I mean, how many comedy videos have we watched where we're like, Jesus, this is too long? Right, right, right. And it may not even be long, but it fucking feels long. It feels
0: really, like it may be, yeah. We've watched some that have been like no more than three minutes. And about a minute in, we're we're looking at the time going, This is this has to be already two and a half minutes in. Yeah. And, and we're not even a minute in, you're like, oh god damn.
1: And I've watched a five minute video that's felt like two minutes. Right. So it just like, blows Whoa.
0: by. And I think that's one of the things that Monty Python is there is there was a lot more there was a lot slower humor, and there's a lot more things that were dragged out and that were repeated to excess. Mm-hmm. And again, that was part of what they were that was part of the what they were saying at the time was just um, I can't. I'm trying. There's one specifically I just had in my mind, but the whole point of it was the the satire they were doing was the fact that they kept repeating something over and over, and they were satirizing something that mm-hmm. kept getting repeated from the government or whatever. Yeah. But that was very
1: much the style of humor.
0: It was a little slower, sure. a little more drag it out and make it very painful at
1: times. What's always interesting is seeing what comes from those types of things, like who's been influenced by that type of humor and yeah. like what brings us where we are today. Mm-hmm. Same thing with music and stuff like that and movies and all sorts of things that, you know, people used to listen to this or watch this and they became inspired and then they create something and then other people are inspired by that. And I think it's kind of cool how that stuff sort of comes to be and grows and becomes what it is. Yeah.
0: I was having a conversation with someone today um, about, current comedies and we were talking about um <clears throat> we we were talking about Kevin Hart and how he ran the marathon oh, good and then him. uh and then Let's we see. got onto <laughs> then we got onto um what was it um what movie was it oh i asked him if, oh no so his new one is night school we got into kevin hart movies and uh, god damn it what was the last movie Prior to night school, what did he do?
1: Secret Life of Pets, baby. He plays the rabbit. He I know does, that he because does, I've seen that movie a lot lately.
0: He does play the rabbit in Secret Life and of Pets. I have Pat. to say,
1: a very high point of that movie is him in that movie. Um, I very much enjoy him as the rabbit.
0: Oh, Central Intelligence was the one that came to mind for whatever oh. reason. And he had said like him and his, his family went and saw a Kevin Hart movie and he kind of rolled his eyes when he said it and I was like was it Central Intelligence? <laughs> and he's just like no it was and I can't rem- remember now what it was but you look back at what uh, what some of his movies are and I don't like I find Kevin Hart hysterical. I mm-hmm. think he's really funny. His stand up is amazing. His movie con- I would movie- argue, I would
1: argue that I don't like his stand up as much. Really? Do you I like his may- movies better? Well, here's the I like him better in movies. Okay. as his characters and there's a theory <laughs> that I've heard some comedians talk about that say, when you start getting into the movie business as a comedian, the thing that suffers is your stand-up. Interesting, okay. Because you don't have the time. You're stuck on set. Right. And you don't really have a chance, chance to experience the world or, or go out and do spots and things like that. So you kind of lose your edge a little bit. Right. And some people say it's lazy. I don't think Kevin Hart's lazy. I think he's one of the hardest working guys out there. Oh, no. By I, far. Let me tell you
0: about his schedule yeah. around
1: the marathon. Like yeah, right. Yeah,
0: he he did a, a, a date two days before the day before ran the marathon and then the day after he did another date yeah like that's insane I the mean, this, day after i was on my couch
1: yeah and this guy i mean what did he do he sold out some fucking stadium in in philadelphia for oh, his yeah. last special i mean that's like 70,000 people right so the guy i watched it and i was like eh it was fine yeah okay like you know but i, I like him a lot as a character like him as a voice actor as this insane rabbit it's <laughs> <and Secret laughs> it was a giant highlight i yeah. just imagined him having an absolute blast Doing that sort of stuff. He's so animated, yeah. I think that's that's very funny. And I think what... Uh, that was actually no pun. <laughs> pun. Pun was not intended there. Well, I even remember the first time I saw him was in 40-Year-Old Virgin, where he just has oh, this small right. bit yeah, role yeah, yeah. where he's like, and I'm going to need the warranty yeah. on the house. Right. And the guy's like, I'm afraid I can't do that. He goes, yeah, you can. He just starts like dropping N-bombs. Right, 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 right. right, right. And it was just Don't like, start
0: nothing. Won't be nothing. That's yeah. right.
1: He's like, I'm going to come back and get both y'all. Yeah. Both y'all, both y'all. Like,
0: the, yeah, it was. That's true. It was just a, a real quick, like thirty second bit part. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it was very, very like memorable. And that's what I remember a lot from him are those kinds of things. And he's also just very good. Like I saw a little bit recently when he was on the uh, Jimmy Fallon show and they had pets, and it was like Steve Irwin's kid was on there. Oh, God, that was amazing. And I, I only got to watch the first few minutes, but he's just like, he was just, nope, right. I don't want have anything to so do get, with this. Put
0: that thing away. Yeah. yeah. He's like, not going to happen, Jimmy.
1: He's like, come on, just hold it. No. No, I'm not going to do yeah. it. Um, you know, just his his genuine yeah. reaction, that sort of stuff, and he's just he's just got a very fun, great personality. I, th- he I feel like with that sort of stuff, so he's very enjoyable in that regard.
0: And I'll, I'll absolutely give you that. But what I, what the point was was that I I don't understand why some movies, again, some comedies, like let's look at the Forty Year Old Virgin. I feel like that was it was the first of its kind. I think Judd Apatow kind of did a different he he brought forth a different uh, different genre of comedy, if you will. Um, which has been replicated um, since, but I think Bridesmaids is another one that mm-hmm. holds up. Old school holds up, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can go back, and there's there's some from the 90s, from the 80s, from the 70s. But a lot of them, like uh, again, I, I, I nothing against this actor, I love him to death, but Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. a lot of his movies are just like, eh, you know, like it's kind of a forgettable. Like Daddy's Home, it's like, eh, okay, that's a thing. You know, they don't ever grow. The one with
1: uh, Wahlberg, yeah. Yeah, he and Wahlberg have done a couple together. They have, yeah, or uh, not ride right along, but um, other guys, other guys, yeah. Yeah,
0: And I think there was another one, but regardless, there's some comedy like what I was thinking about it today. What com- what makes a comedy fail, and what makes a comedy a massive success? Like why why did Bridesmaids hit so hard, and to this day you go back and watch and you're like that's still funny, yeah, like that's really good. Whereas other ones, you're like, all right, I know what's going to happen now. You know, this is. Here's the here's this turn, and then this thing happens, and now oh, they're gonna get you know, they're they're gonna lose their friends because they overstepped their bounds, and now one friend comes back, now they all come back, redemption, and now we're out. like it's they hit all the familiar beats. Well I think
1: the problem with comedies is Even though that,
0: Bridesmaids hits those
1: beats. I think part of it is that um, plot I feel like is secondary to a lot of comedies. Yeah it's all about the <clears throat> jokes. Right. It's like what wacky situation can we put people in? Right. Now go, which is why I enjoyed the forty-year-old virgin so much, is because I feel like for me, that was the first comedy I saw that actually was fairly well grounded in reality. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that also just had like some interesting characters. And I think it was the first time because they didn't necessarily follow a ton of tropes. No, you know, not necessarily. You have, you have yeah. a guy that's a forty-year-old virgin, but he's not—he's not a weirdo, right? He's—he's he's, he's he's a, a normal, lovable, guy. really nice, affable man. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of like shattered a lot he's like, oh, here he is. He's lived with his mom his whole life, and his mom's always like, you gotta wait for the right woman, but it's not me. And then she dies. He's like, I gotta find the right woman. So I'm gonna go. From? I don't know. I'm just oh. making this shit up. <laughs> You know, like yeah. I'm just painting a picture here. Okay, and then he meets a bunch of guys who're like, "Yeah, let's get this guy laid," and right. that kind of happens. But they're also interesting too because you got the Paul Rudd character who's like, "You got to do it for love," and they're like, "He's
0: nursing a heartbreak." Which like, he...
1: you are too into all these relationships. Right. And you've got Seth Rogen who's just a huge stoner, right? He's like just you know. And then you got uh, the other guy. He's like, "You got to fuck, uh, man." Apps, Mike? No, Omar. Is it Mike Epps or Omar Epps? I think it might be Omar Epps. He's like, dude, you just got to get in there and you just got to knock, knock these hood rats out. You know, yeah. blap, 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 You know, it's so you have these three different perspectives and they're all trying to help him. And at the end of the day, what I love is Steve Carell's character rejects all of them and, and creates his own. But there's a support there for them. And like when you see like, you know, Steve Carell. Oh, is- wow.
0: No, neither of them. OK, cool. my apologies. Uh, Romani Malko. Gotcha.
1: So Andy. there you go. Yeah, apologies there. Um and you know I think that's what I was so enjoyable is because now you do have a bunch of funny people in funny situations but it's not so over the top
0: right because you you could almost you can relate very much to the character I well, guess yeah. maybe that's what it is is is, it's is relatable if it the more relatable it is so again bridesmaids you bring that up uh, or I, I brought that up but you you look at that and you can you you've seen people in those in those positions where it's just the woman who just doesn't can never really she's making bad decisions with one mm-hmm. dude. Keeps going back to him. You don't know why because he treats her like shit. And then her best friend finds a really great guy. And then she's kind of jealous, but just trying to rec- you know, reconcile that with herself. And mm-hmm. it's it's very you know it's a very relatable situation. And then you just throw a couple other personalities that you might know in there. The house mom that's super stressed out. Yeah. And the uh, the woman who, uh, you know, is just kind of a little off the wall loose cannon. And then the uh, innocent one who kind of gets weird at the end. And like you throw those in there and you're like, okay, I can relate to I am or I know someone who is one of these people.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like one of my favorite parts in 40 in year old virgin, is like when they're playing cards at the store and they're trying to describe their sexual experiences. Right. And it comes to Steve Crowley is like, Yeah. Boobs, right? They're oh great. yeah, I
0: love boobs.
1: It's like, yeah, man. What did it feel like? He's like, Oh, you know, you know. And I'm like, no, tell us, describe it. It's like, oh, you know, and you grab a bag of sand, and they're like, what? What? Like, wait, have you never touched a, you never touched a titty? He's like, oh, you guys, shut your asses. What? you know, <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing too is you know there's improvised lines and stuff right. like that, but th- the whole thing is, uh, we all know what how awkward it is, like. To be it called almost, out on something. It almost yeah. like not even as an adult, but she takes you back to when you were a kid, and everyone's like, "Yeah, dude, I would, you know, I totally got a blowjob, or I totally touched a boom. and everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I've totally done that." <laughs> right. But then you you amplify that as an adult, and you're like, "Oh my god, like what?" Right. It's just it, no oh. the
0: them coming to the realization of like again like you know he's like how does that ha- how does that happen?
1: Like he's yeah. really like
0: trying to figure it out. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, and the, I think that's the thing is they really John HapTel really grounded it. And made it enjoyable yeah. in that sort. When I mean, he, he kind of he followed suit with things like Knocked Up, right, and uh, This Is Forty, right, and some other ones like that, where you're like, oh, cool, like these are real people, yeah, slightly exaggerated well, situations, but they're still enjoyable. See that when well,
0: he cut his teeth on that with Freaks and Geeks, exactly. That show was, I mean, uh, just an anomaly. Like, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about grounded and relatable for the time it came out? Oh yeah, right. shit.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things where um, I think that's the, kind of the appeal of that for me, for most comedies, cause yeah, there's something to be said for the silly stuff, but nowadays, like... As an adult, I couldn't go back and watch Ace Ventura and be like, "Yay!" See, I begged to different I mean, well, because I've seen <laughs> it. Can't. If I hadn't seen it right, before right. and I came to watch it today, I'd probably be like, "I don't know." Yeah, yeah. I don't but, know if I'd enjoyed it. I see. So approaching much. it for the first or time. or Dumb and Dumber. You I know? no
0: see. I disagree there. I, I. Wow, Justin
1: that, just leapt up out of his chair. I did. Yeah, and he was I broke. Punch me.
0: You didn't hear it, but I broke a bottle and I'm it holding did. it to Doug's throat right now. Yeah. I no, I disagree. I've always said and I still stand. Dumb and Dumber I I still say is one of the smartest comedies ever written and I think that if you approach it as a brand new person still today mm-hmm. I think it
1: holds up. I mean I'm sure I'm sure it could but will it? Yes. The answer
0: <laughs> is yes. The answer you're looking for is yes. Well I
1: think what I like about that movie Dumb and Dumber is that there's a lot of jokes that you may not get but I remember my dad laughing at certain things. Right. Well I just like, rewatched it again and oh, did it was
0: you? one of those things where and I I've, I've from you know age you know whatever teenager mm-hmm. to all the way to now but and every once a couple of years I'll go back and rewatch it, and every time I catch jokes I didn't catch the previous time because I've learned a little bit more. Yeah. And the the motel scene is one of the funniest fucking scenes. Yeah. When they're shacked up uh, at that like the love shack, and they're in that heart shaped jacuzzi. <laughs> The banter between them, there are so many little nuanced lines that just yeah. get thrown away. Well, there's
1: a perfect one in that where it's like, "Yeah, she left me a John Deere letter," and I remember my dad laughing right. at that because I didn't know what that meant, but yeah. it's a Dear John letter, right? Where basically it's it's a I'm breaking up with you. It's such a and fucking my dad good laughing scene. goes yeah. John Deere like he just laughed. I'm like I don't get that reference or forever like I never understood when uh, Jim Carrey's character, you know, is at the bar super early or whatever, and it's he sees the, the, the clip that says, you know, landed on the moon, he's like, we landed on the moon! Like, he just now realized... And he turns around, what a time to be alive! Like <laughs> He's so excited about it, yeah. And I I bet you that was an improvised line. It has to be, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we
0: landed on the
1: moon! <laughs> just like, what? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of really silly, silly stuff with that, and, you know, just even something as simple as Jim Carrey walking out of the 7 He's like, "Hey guys, how's it going? Big gulps, huh? Okay, have (laughs) a good one." Just like walks away, like just such an awkward conversation. I got
0: robbed by a little old lady on a motorized (laughs) cart. (laughs) Oh, it's yeah. I I still yeah. I would argue that that movie. I still think it holds up.
1: What's the soup of the day? What's the soup de jour? Soup of the day. Mm, That Mm -hmm. sounds good. I'll have that. I'll have that.
0: (laughs) Excuse me flow <laughs> yeah it's yeah there's just so many good things in that movie yeah
1: I, I just you know that's always been my problem with kind of the Will Ferrell movies is they're just way too silly although I have to admit I love Talladega Nights for some reason do I you don't know why see
0: Anchorman for me is that is that is that Will Ferrell movie that I can yeah. I can always go back to and be like here's I, the thing something so I'd rather
1: just watch bloopers and outtakes from those movies because I find those to be so much more Holy funny Holy shit yeah like the the bloopers for 40-year-old virgin I laughed so
0: hard I've I've always wondered as a as a filmmaker, like how or even as an actor, as anyone, how how are you on set with that? I do not understand how you can get through a scene yeah. with any of those people because they are all so sickeningly talented.
1: Yeah. Well I just I remember one of my favorite outtakes in Forty Year Old Virgin is Paul Rudd walks in, he's like, Hey Andy, could you eat? He's like, Yeah, he's like, Yeah, could you eat some pussy? And he just, and he just turns around, and walks out, and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" And that forever became a joke between Jill and I. Or I'm like, "She,", she I'm like, you, "You feel like eating?" She goes, "Yeah, I could eat." I'm like, "Oh yeah?" She goes, "Don't you fucking say it!" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, okay." And just, I love those moments where people are going, and and you, just, I, for me, it's it's uh, it's good. Yeah, comedy makes you laugh, makes you feel silly. Uh, for me, it's it's seeing uh the cracks in in the professional area like right, right. i love watching sketches or anything where people start to break oh sure yeah watching it on stage it's just for me it takes it to a whole new level because i while a lot of people argue it's like you never break you got to be professional but for me i'm like I see how much fun they're having. Right. And it just makes it so much more powerful to me. We're, how many times have you watched something and because someone's laughing in the video, you start laughing?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: It's like the try not to laugh challenges <clears throat> and someone's just laughing their ass. you are like, well, I'm laughing because they're laughing right. because it's, th- infectious. it's infectious. It yeah.
0: absolutely is infectious.
1: Yeah. Uh, th- especially when someone's trying so hard right. not to laugh. And one of my favorite instances of that it was Stephen Colbert on the Colbert Report early okay. on. Yeah, And he was trying to do like, you know, uh, you know, a, a combination of uh, the celebrities' names. Okay, like, what was it? Uh, what was uh, like Brad Gelina? Yeah, Brad Gelina or, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, William H Macy and whoever. I think was it Sylvia Huffman or something. I don't know if I okay. got the name right. But I don't think Sylvia Huffman's a person. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. But he called him William H Muffman. And, he, just himself and up. he said that, and then he just like he tried so hard, yeah. And then yeah. he was good, and then all of a sudden he had to turn away, and the crowd just went nuts because he couldn't do it. Right, like he couldn't keep it together. There was
0: one where he was reading. Uh, he was I can't remember. He was it was again with a name thing where I think he was reading. He set up like a super pack, and he was reading names of people who donated. And one of the names, it was either that or something, but it was another name thing. And one of the names, he he read it, and before the last syllable came out, he basically like like hiccuped his laugh, like mm-hmm. his, he was trying to suppress it, but yeah. it came out. And you could just see him crack, and the audience just fucking lost it. And Especially people who don't often crack.
1: Exactly, yeah. that's the thing. And that's the thing I used to love when I was at I/O because when we studied at Second City, it was, it was very much like a business sort of thing. Like, don't you break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. do this. And when I went to I/O, just seeing people just losing their minds on the sides and like whatever. And one of my favorite, favorite fucking moments I saw was uh, it was the I/O group uh, Deep Schwa. Okay, just some legendary folks yeah. on there. And there was this scene where uh, there was this, this door-to-door salesman shows up. And this, this uh, father goes to answer it, and he's talking to this guy. And then this woman comes over and tries to play his wife that's yelling at him, like through the vent. Mm-hmm. And she's like, who is it? he's like, never mind. And she keeps going on and going on. And eventually he's like, stop yelling at me through the vent. And she says something goes, you know what? If you don't like it, you can just sit in your chair and twiddle your clit. And he said that and he immediately was like, what did I just fucking say? And like the whole crowd was like, what? And then someone goes – they they swept the scene. They're like, "Welcome to the clit twiddling factory," and it was just a bunch of guys on a conveyor belt shifting down the line with their legs wide open as <laughs> they're like going, like going to something that's like going, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like, "Okay, and edit the scene." Right. But like that to me, like they said that, and everyone, the improvisers, the crowd, we all lost our minds because yeah. if you say that, that's, that could be offensive. Right? I was like, "What?" But then. As soon as he said it, I was like, no, this is exactly the line that needed to be said. Right. There was no malice or anything like that. It was just pure fun, and everyone loved it. And I remember just going like, Jesus Christ. It's and the fucking fact, amazing. And
0: the fact that you visited the clit twiddling factory... Immediately after, and it lasted no more than fifteen to
1: 10, twenty 15 seconds. seconds. Yeah, we, like we're not doing anything emotionally in depth right. here. It's just showcasing. You just need to know this is a place that exists <laughs> in the world. This is a factory. It's a
0: factory. You, you get you're on like, a conveyor belt. This happens,
1: and this is where it happens. And then they're like, "Cool, and we're done, and, and we're, we're done, yeah, and we're out of here." I was <laughs> like, "That was so magical." I
0: feel like I would really, I feel like I would really get along well at. IO. Yeah. I really enjoyed my time at Second City. I absolutely adored my time at Second City, but I really feel like IO would be more, because again, like, you're allowed to crack up you're allowed to like that enhances scenes and yeah this the the whole concept of what io you were telling me about some exercises and stuff you guys were doing and it was just i was like that i feel like that's what i was looking for yeah initially like i'm glad i got my foundation at second city but i feel like that's where i would have maybe flourished a little bit more
1: yeah for me it it taught me a lot of the stuff as you know as pretentious as people can be about the
2: herald
1: no oh, sure. The I O the, the was it the uh, uh, I don't know what they call it, but it's like it's it's a specific form created at I O known sure. as the Herald, and people are like, I'm on a Herald team, right? It's like okay, outside
0: the walls, it shall not be performed, the
2: Herald,
1: and um, you know, but the things that I loved about the Herald, which is for anyone who doesn't know, is a long form improvised piece <clears> uh, done by professionals, lasts about forty five minutes newbies usually fifteen to twenty because it gets old real quick. <laughs> right. But the professionals can really like play it out. And it has a specific form that it goes through that if, if you're if you're just watching it you may not see like what's happening, but if you study it you're like, oh cool, this is what they're, these are the mechanics they're going through. Gotcha. But the thing that I loved about the Herald was It really forced you to just go for stuff because the kind of way that it works is there's an opening. People Uh get a suggestion there's an opening, and that opening can be anything, whatever. It kind of helps people sort of create the genesis for the ideas that can be used throughout the show. And then they go and they do three scenes, three separate scenes not related to each other, kind of establishing some, some areas to play. And then there's like a palate cleanser, which is known as the game. And the game was always a mystery to me. Like when I first started, I was like, what is this? Like, do we like you get out Monopoly? Your, you could like, wrap your head around the concept of it? I didn't understand. They're like, and now here's something that's completely different. <laughs> right. You know? A money pie. And these, now for something completely different. Yeah. And it could be anything. It could be absolutely anything. But the idea is that you get the whole team involved. Okay. And it's sort of like an energy booster. So it's an all ensemble and thing. And in one of the classes towards the end of, of my stint there, Like it was all focused on, it was eight weeks focused on the game itself. Interesting. Okay. And in doing so, you just lost the game. You're welcome. Damn it.
0: <laughs> and guess what, audience? So did you. You just lost you. the
1: game, too. Um, so, But I remember one thing. What we were doing is uh, our instructor, Craig Euler, made us go up. And it was an exhausting, exhausting uh, exercise. But he made us go. And essentially, each and every one of us had to start a game. Okay. And then we had to go back and revisit all those games remember which oh, ones we did. Oh man! And the idea was it could be something as simple as me walking up and just like pretending that I'm washing a window. Someone would immediately, no matter what, you don't think on it. You just go and you 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 add to it, right? And before you know it, you have something going, right?
0: Well, so to, for the listeners who don't know what in improv what a game is, it's not it, it not necessarily a like uh like hopscotch or something like it's not a, a game in the sense of you're thinking it's it's basically someone establishes a either a pattern, repetitive motion or the like one element of something larger like cleaning mm-hmm. and then everyone jumps in and adds on to that thing and that's what's yeah. known as the game
1: in improv. Exactly. And it, it's it was it was very relieving to do so much of that because you realize you're like oh the game could be anything right literally anything it's as simple as someone like just coming out like having a bow and arrow and shooting him like, and someone's like and then someone sort of adds to it right and then the third person solidifies what it is we're like cool we're at a shooting range right and all of a sudden people are just doing really bonker stuff and it doesn't have to be very long and then right. it's done or it could be something as simple as a drill sergeant coming out alright everybody give me 50 and people jump down and then like we're, we just figure out what the game is like, right together and then it goes back you do three more scenes that are still kind of connected to the worlds that you established. You do another game, and then the last round of three is just all – you just go fucking bonkers. Like energy's jacked. Yeah. People are revisiting. You're doing walk-ons. It's just completely, absolutely bonkers by the end of it. And what I loved about that was it taught me so much how to just play along right, right, with right. situations. Like when people say something, it's like, yeah, we're doing that. And like you immediately just – and when you find someone – the thing I love about that Is people who don't know comedy Like the, 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 I love doing this to them They'll come up they be like Hey And they'll like Maybe make a jab at me Or something like that Just playful jab uh-huh. Like hey Doug You pretty bald today And then I Are just Are you talking in a scene? Like no Just like in, in oh, life yeah. You know Someone who's just like They're gonna make a joke Or something And I lean into it hard yeah. Because I'm like Cool we're playing a game Yeah I'm just like Oh yeah I'm the baldest guy You've ever seen I just waxed this dome today yeah. I just like stare at them Hardcore And they're just like Jesus Christ Right Like <laughs> They don't know how to take it. Oh, yeah. And it's really helped. It's sharpened me to the point where I, I've... The very few things, like, catch me off guard because I'm right. going to lean into it right. all the time. I'm like, cool, that's what we're doing. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And well, I love that so much. And
0: life hack for anyone out there who's listening, if you if you do find yourself getting either picked on or whatever, the best way to deal with it is exactly what Doug just said. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, realized, I realized after <clears throat> I had gone through the imp- improv level uh, A3E, that the thing that people want is to goat you into saying no, and so yeah. they can just keep pulling you further into their game. Yes. But if you jump in willingly, they they don't they don't know what to do with it. You've so, essentially,
1: you've essentially <clears throat> leveled the playing ground and taken the power back.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like if someone's – exactly like you said like uh, oh you you know you're this this or oh geez you know like you got your pink pants on He's like yeah I wanted to see what I look like at them today I really yeah. really feel pretty. Yeah. They're like. We, yeah, you look like a
1: girl. Yeah, well, good. I thank thank you. Thank you for acknowledging. Thank
0: you. I, then I it worked. I feel pretty. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or Doug, man, you are putting on some weight. Yeah, this keto ain't working. Right. I'm doing a keto of just carbs. Right. <laughs> I'm, maybe I I might not understand how diets work. This is, I'm yeah. supposed to shed the weight, but I'm just getting diabetes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like you know, yeah. just and before you know it, you've controlled Absolutely. the and entire they, situation. They, they get, and
0: you'll uh, nine times out of ten, they'll get pissed because yeah. you just completely taken away their fun. But yeah. again, if you're getting bullied, the best way to deal with that is to just lean into it and not let them have that power.
1: That's where I, again, like kind of going back to a transporting our conscious back to those yeah. days. I would have loved oh to take God. some of that improv God. stuff. I pr- the thing is though. If I would have leaned that hard into it, people would have been like Doug's a fucking weirdo. That's true. <laughs> Let me say I'm gonna amend what I just said. <clears throat> if there's anyone listening that is in junior
0: high or high school, first off, if you're in junior high, stop listening. <laughs> Wait till no. you're in high school. No you're, no, you're good. You're good. All right, yeah. Uh, no, if you're if you're junior high, high school or college, uh, maybe don't lean in so hard to it because you do stand run the risk of not realizing your power. Again, with great power comes great responsibility. You've gotta know you've gotta find that balance yes. of just the right amount of I'm taking power back without giving them something else
1: to now go at you with. It's like, hey, Doug, you're fat. Yeah! Like, okay. And then they walk away and go, that Doug is fucking He nuts. is weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, okie dokie. Yep. It's trying to find that way <laughs> that Doug of... Doug is
2: fat. Yeah!
1: Because that works out so well, like in my job as a trainer, because inevitably someone will fire something out, and I'm sure. like, I'm right there with you, right? Like, bam, I got something you, right there for you. You
0: think you're going to pull the rug out from under me? Spoiler no, sir. alert: You're
1: not. And not of that, like, I love using myself as the butt of the joke. Oh, sure, for yeah, so much, yeah. And I, it's, it's self-deprecating, but I love it. I, I have found that the
0: best, yeah, the best way to get people on your side is to, is, is again, not to the point where they're like. Oh, you're sad. Like, don't don't go self-deprecating <laughs> yeah. to that extent. But th- if you can if you can make yourself the butt of a joke, you can pretty much get anyone to follow along in whatever you're
1: saying. Yeah, there was a guy that came through training that was. There's always the people that try a little too hard right. for that stuff. He's right. like, ha ha ha. Uh, you know, my wife works here So if you ever see her, you know Sitting by my desk, just beating me over the head It's just because, you know, I'm an idiot And she's just, you know I just, And we're all like, okay, don't do that That's right. illegal <laughs> um, but, You know, I'm always Talking about, it's like, you never listen And I'm like, I know <laughs> Jesus You know, right. ah, Married life It's like, uh, okay, thank you for making this Awkward, Yeah, you're the best <laughs> Um you know, uh, that sort of stuff. I think that's, uh, that's what frustrates me is folks that that should just not tell jokes. Sure, yeah. There's, there's a great bit by Mike Birbiglia uh, in his special uh, Thank God for Jokes where he's like, people who tell bad jokes ruin it for everyone else. <laughs> and he gives an example. He's like, you know, you know, in one workplace, people used to tell jokes until some guy came up and was like, hey, nice tits, Betsy. <laughs> And then everyone's like, "Ah, uh, no more jokes!" Like you know, <laughs> right, yeah. like that someone they always yeah. have to ruin it for somebody because. It, and I'm very much a proponent of if it's funny, say it. Sure. Yeah. I, I, it's so hard for me not to say things. Just today, as I was leaving work, someone <laughs> Do goes, "Do tell." Oh, I got I get the wording just right. She said, and for the record, this is a coworker. We have a relationship. This isn't me. Like you know harassing anybody i want to right. put that out there they she have goes, a
0: romantic relationship
1: she goes she was referencing her husband she goes you know <laughs> she had i remember she had a wristband on and she's like can you rip this off i'm like all right it's gonna hurt and i like i ripped it she goes oh well my husband do that it doesn't hurt and i goes that's probably about the only time you've ever heard that am i right beep, beep. wait and no, i said that's probably the only time you've ever said that about him there right you go. that's better and she just goes ah, ah. sex hurts Right. <laughs> Sometimes. If you're doing it right. I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: but you, I thought you said you didn't say that.
1: No, I did. Right. Straight up. Said did you that. wish that you didn't say it? No, I'm glad that I did. Oh. Because it made her laugh. I oh. was like, part
0: of me was like. I just, I got confused by the setup to this story.
1: Yeah, the setup was the idea that it's something funny, so say it. Right. And I was like, a lot of times those situations come up, and I'm like, "Should I say this?" Okay. And this situation, time you made the I decision. was like, like, "Oh, I'm going to this say it." This is going to happen because yeah. she's also made the same joke. We were playing uh, something over lunch. I was like, "Guys, we're getting all loosey goosey with our strategy. She goes, "That was my nickname in college." I was like,
0: "Yes!" She gets it. Well played. Yes. I was
1: like, Thank you for that. That's what I'm talking about. This is a better workforce because of that joke. We have to make those jokes. I feel like I feel like if Jill was sitting here per last week's podcast.
0: She would argue. She would it's agree that. with me.
1: I disagree because I, I think I told you about there was, a, there was this slide that was, we were presenting and it was talking about disc and it was you know disc oh, yeah, behavior was D I S C and the yeah. name of the slide was influencing the D right yeah and it was so funny because guy raised hand who's like sort of helping us beta test this he goes I don't want to sound like a child right but the title of this slide <laughs> may need to be changed <laughs> influencing the D and it was so funny because I showed it to someone else. And he goes, ah, and the guy who was like facilitating it he goes, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> and then about 30 seconds later, he started laughing. <laughs> I was like, we need to change this. He's like, we shouldn't have to. I'm like, you know those marketing campaigns that get released with really bad things? And you're always like, how did this get approved? I'm going, this is one of those situations. Right. We can't let this out.
0: Where you go, and probably in these meetings, people go, in those marketing campaigns, people go, look, I understand this means that, or it could be interpreted. People are smarter than that. They won't take it that
1: way. All right, Beth. Why don't you just calm down, you know? You are wrong. Right? You are wrong. <laughs> that and is, it's yeah. like,
0: yeah, hey, you know. <laughs> right. Well, it's, again, I, one of my favorite ones is Pepsi. Uh, I think it was uh, The Taste of a New Generation. Mm-hmm. I think translated in Japanese was the 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 choice or the taste of your dead ancestors <laughs> and which was highly offensive that campaign got pulled very quickly ah, because so again i'm sure they did not realize that this was going to be a thing they did that a with thing. the car
1: and the name of the car here made sense but the name of the car in another country was don't go, <laughs> there you go.
0: was it the tiguan because i've always hated that name of the a car. tiguan there's a car named the tiguan
1: i've never even heard of this i'm also not a car person so that doesn't surprise me
0: there it is. It's spelled T-I-G-U-A-N. It's the Volkswagen Tiguan. I don't like it. I don't like... I've never liked that name. Every time I see, you know, like it's uh, the holidays, you know the, you know, the 2017 Volkswagen Tiguan. I'm like, ugh,
1: no. First of no all... No one buy that car. Let's talk about car commercials. They're a bunch of horse shit. Oh, dude. I can't fucking stand car commercials.
0: The worst to me are the, 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 the either Lexus or Jaguar. Lex, the Lexus event to remember. Oh, or the, the, the sale wait, wait, is. Hold on, the no, Lexus? I think it's
1: the event to remember. The I remember. Well, first of all, it's the holiday commercials. No, it's a
0: December to. It's the Lexus December to remember.
1: Oh, and that, that, or Jaguar. I just hate... hey, it's Jaguar. It's Jaguar. <laughs> no, I remember there was this obnoxious Christmas the commercial, Lexus Golden
0: Opportunity event.
1: Ugh. <laughs> <It> <laughs> was, You're like what? What was it? It even was a mean? Lexus commercial and. I didn't get it. I kept going like I <laughs> you don't didn't under- understand. I was like the car. I don't understand it because what happens is, it's like this guy and this girl, and this girl is giving this guy a present, and the present plays a song, and the guy gets super excited. He's like, oh. and then he finds a car. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And Jill goes, that that jingle is the jingle for the Lexus commercials. So I go, who the fuck knows the jingle for the Lexus commercial? Jill. And I was like, oh, you're telling me that this asshole is like so into Lexus that he hears the jingle. He's like, I got a Lexus! <laughs> oh, the le- what are you talking about? Right. And he goes out to the driveway, and there's a car with a fucking bow the on it. The giant bow? Have you ever seen that happen in your entire life? No. Where someone goes, I've got a car for Christmas! It's got a bow on it! Also, how did you finagle buying a car right without your
0: partner seeing any of those financing things show up? Right. Because there's credit checks there's you know, like there. There's so much paperwork involved with that. Yeah. You, re- you went out and bought a car, leased a car, whatever a car. And whose
1: name? Is it in your name or the person's name? Because that person had to sign off on it. You know what right. I mean?
0: Right, and if it's in your name, you didn't get them a car. You
1: bought a car and you're letting them drive it. Yeah, they're renting it from right. you. Like, what? I fucking hate those commercials. And the thing I love is because I don't watch a lot of normal TV anymore, I don't see that shit. Right. And it makes me so happy, especially if you're watching sporting events. Oh, yeah. It's like car commercial, car oh, commercial. Oh, my like, God. it's Oh, the March Madness is the fucking worst they, for that. They drown you in that shit. That and Sunday, it's always fucking Dennis Leary's obnoxious voice talking about for Ford, the Ford. Yeah. Welcome to Ford F-150. Ford built F-150. Built, F-150 tough.
0: built Ford tough.
1: You want tension? We got torque. It's the Ford F-150. See, I... Here's I the still thing. jokes. I don't... <laughs> I love it how I can tag something that because you're always like, oh, shit. I'd yeah. like to derail you with this. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Dennis Leary's voice. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Okay. That's it. I'm, that's, I'm, that's all you got? I make, I'm, drawing, I'm making my stand on this, Doug. What are some of the commercials you hate? Oh, some of the commercials I hate. It's so hard to pick those out of the blue. Yeah,
1: because um, I hate car commercials. Oh, let me tell you what commercial I hate. All right.
0: <laughs> Let's go br- let me tell you the commercials I hate.
1: Thank you for being here, Gilbert. I
0: I can't stand the new Affleck commercials, <laughs> and I'll tell you why.
1: That's a really good impression. <laughs> Thank you. I've been working on it. Do you need to have um, some a lozenge for your throat I, now? <gasps>
0: Our family walks into a talent agent. They say we have a
1: new, a new show for the you. The Aristocrats.
0: <laughs> So the dad comes out and he shits all over the stage. Um, uh, there's a few people that will really find that funny. Um, no, I tell you the commercial I hate. And I, we, I actually had this on the list to talk about at one point. Oh, really? And this has been like a year, I think, that we've not talked about it. And you saying this just now, and I, I let me just, uh, I want to make sure it's, it is the right one. Entering um, the matrix. Right, yeah. Plugging in initialize that's it it's a special k commercial oh god it's a special k tv commercial called women eat good I'm glad that they do and I was like again <laughs> like, I, and I understand, I understand coming from like you know they're, they're breaking the you know we need to look a certain way and we need to do this like we're not apologizing for eating but I'm like you shouldn't have to make this commercial yes women eat they should eat you're gonna die if you don't eat you need to eat I, it's just, it's such, I, I feel, and again, maybe this is, maybe I'm misunderstanding it, but it, it feels almost condescending to women. And I don't, I just, I don't understand it. I've watched it so many times or when it was on, it was on all the time. Yeah. And it just, I always thought I'm like, I feel like if I was a woman, I would be offended by this. And I don't know. And again, I could be talking out of my ass. And if any women out there have seen this commercial, please feel free to tell me to blow it out my ass. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, it just, I. I hate, I so hate the it, commercial. So
1: what's the conceit for the video or for the, the commercial? commercials? just that, hey, guess what, women? We've got a cereal that oh, fits your needs.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Yes. Daily Mail, Reddit, Independent, Huffington Post. Fantastic. Special K tries and fails to create a feminist ad. There we go. Thank you. Okay, so I'm not alone on okay. this. Lots of people.
1: Lots of people. <laughs> thank
0: God. Okay. Don't like that. Um, Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Special K's new advert tries to make eating... Eating feminist and failed <laughs> so yeah so it's I, yeah it's basically we don't apologize for eating was the the whole thing so special K it's I see where they're trying to get where they were
1: coming from
0: and you can also it's tasty and healthy
1: which by the way it's not healthy so
0: right I, so anyway that commercial I loathe that commercial yeah I cannot stand that commercial yeah that's let me hear let me see if I can <laughs> let me just I want to play this commercial sure and I just want to see Again, maybe, maybe now that time has passed, maybe it's not as bad as I remember it. Women are amazing. Our bodies grow babies. Truth. We run marathons. Truth. Companies Truth.
2: We solve problems. How? We eat, <coughs> we eat strawberries, almonds and protein,
0: chocolate, whole grains, and iron. We eat food that's made for us to power us, power our strength. We eat... And we own it Special And try new berries and peaches with.:
1: probiotics. We eat and we own it.
0: There's, so that was one of that actually was not the one that I had in mind, but it that was a version of the same one.: Wait,
1: so we, they made some sort of argument that there's women there's food specifically for women. I'm not familiar with what type of food that is. I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not. Look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist.
0: So there could be. I maybe maybe women's bodies handle different probiotics differently than men's. I don't know. I'm not against that. Look, what I'm saying is that yes, women eat. Oh, sure. Like I, it, I don't, I don't think it needs to be. a, uh, 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 Again, I think they. Uh, there's a lot of articles that seem to agree with me. So I don't think I'm too off base in the fact that. It just it failed to drive home this feminist point that they were trying to drive home. I, I mean,
1: yeah, because there is an unrealistic idea of how a, bo- a woman's body should should look and and what women should be eating as far as like you know oh my god that woman's at a buffet look out right. here comes piggy but it, you know what it, it came off so just like we do because the first half's fine we do awesome things yes we make babies a
0: woman's body can do this it can do that absolutely and you know how we do
1: that we consume food. It's like, uh, okay. Right, okay. All right. Yeah. And we eat a special food just for us. It's like when they made those big pens just for women. They're like women pens. It's like, what? You mean pens? Just, there's nothing women oh, or men. Oh, because it's designed it was, for their hands. Or it was like pink or something like that. It's like the the office pen for the woman. I'm like, really? Yeah. Is that what we're doing here? Okay. That's weird.
0: Yeah, I just like there's so many other ways to support what women can do and what they're capable of and feminism and all that. And I just, I'm like this, this ad makes no sense. I get, it's bonkers. It's this, it is illogical and it makes no sense.
1: I get upset when I see a laundry commercial and it's just women doing the laundry. I was like, Hey, I do my own fucking laundry. Right. It's like, look at this dumb, dumb over here. It's like some guy like, I don't know how to do laundry. It's like, why is it always a woman that's doing the fucking laundry? That's, right. What is this, the 1950s? Like, right. Come on, we all do laundry now. Are those, but, I that, know what?
0: those kind of commercials drive you nuts?
1: They drive me nuts because I was like, are we still just like gender? Like, It's the same thing where Jill's had some uh, coworkers over the years where they're like, man, I wish my husband knew how to cook. Or Jill's like, yeah, my husband does his own laundry and cooks. And they're like, wow. And I'm like, really? Right are we really still in that time where men are like, I don't do laundry. Right. That was one of the first things I learned how to do was I do just can't figure this out. I love my mom for teaching me. She's like, you need to learn how to do your own fucking laundry. Yeah. And she swore at me. <laughs>
0: She's <laughs> like, look, you little cock gobbler. You know, do see your, your, your own fucking laundry. Shit.
1: You need to learn how to do your own laundry. Because part of it was, she was like, I'm going on a teaching trip and you guys need to do your laundry while I'm gone. I'm gonna. You are responsible for doing the laundry. This is on you. I'm like, okay. And I stuffed the... The, I think you're the washer way too full. I jammed that it in shit there, yeah. and I broke it. I'm a wrestler.
0: Uh, I can get more woo! in. Yeah. Um,
1: and same thing, like, my mom taught me how to cook so that I could fend for myself. You know, these basic things, the idea that it's like, I need a wife so my laundry all get done. Okay. I just
0: – I'm sorry. When you say your mom taught you how to cook, the only thing I can think is, like, she taught me how to put meat and cheese into a dish and heat it up. And there you go. And that's – the Cochran special is meat cheese and potatoes we are not
1: known for our cooking time. ability <laughs> let me tell you i love my parents but well you no know. here's
0: the thing your your way of cooking has always your first off your burgers are some of the best burgers i've ever had they're really really fucking good grazie sir um the last one was a little questionable only because it's pretty red that's an understatement <laughs> but to every fair, other time those were
1: some fat fucking pub burgers those
0: <laughs> i like yeah, those were. Th- I'm trying to f- look around at something that's comparable, like potentially thicker than my headphone case. Yeah. it was a fucking thick. burger. It was
1: a thick fucking burger. I could have done better. <laughs> but your,
0: but your. Uh, I also like how Joe was like,
1: "That's too red." She's too. like, "No, She's I'm like, not Put doing that." Back in Put the that thing. I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." And then Sam and I are like, "Yeah, fuck it, Well, yeah, We're fine. It's good enough."
0: <laughs> what you eat? Fucking beef tartare, right? Yeah, right. Um, but no, the uh, the um, was it your was it your quesadilla, which was. There's something that you made that was literally just meat and mel- melted meat and cheese, and there was nothing else. To Probably it. the
1: burritos I made. There's the
0: burritos. That's what it was. Yeah, and I that was is like, a
1: "Common thing." That Justin. looks really good, and yeah. it is the mo- <laughs> it's the <bare> most <laughs> you basic. could not get more simple. Well, that's than because that. I'm picky. That's nothing to do with my cooking ability. I'm just <laughs> but picky. But still, it looked great. Thank yeah. you. No, it's I, I realized how bad my parents are at cooking. Yeah. Just em- empirically, unequivocally bad. Yeah. As of late, and I'm just like. How do you guys eat? Like, what do you eat? Because when I come home and go visit them, I try to make it a point to cook. Yeah. Because I, I was like, oh, this isn't something we ever really did much. We always ordered in or went to places to eat. And I was like, I want to do something nice and cook for them. And, I, you know, my mom can be a little bit of an exaggerist. And when it comes, this is the best thing I've ever had. I'm like, okay, dial it back. It's not that good. But then Chill I, your tits, Donna. Chill your tits, Donna. And then I'm sometimes like, wait, maybe she really does mean this because she doesn't eat this that often. <laughs> you know? Like, like, maybe this is truly simple. is. Yeah. And I feel bad because, like, one time my brother was like, dude, these are really good. I'm like, it's just spaghetti and meatballs. He's like, Jesus, take a compliment. I'm like, sorry, I just thought this was like basic bitch stuff right here like I didn't think I did anything crazy right 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 I took some Italian sausage put in a little bit of egg a little bit of panko I made some meatballs and I put them in there or it's something as simple as I just took Italian sauce and sliced it up and put it in there with the meat sauce right like what did you do I'm like I just just cooked the
0: meat I added protein
1: you know (laughs) because the thing is like when my mom first made me uh, tacos yeah she took some ground beef she browned it drained it and then we took that and put some big shredded pieces of cheese and put them in a taco. So it was just ground beef and cheese. There was no spices at all.
0: Oh, that makes me sad.
1: I was always just like, this doesn't taste like Taco Bell. That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> so when I went to college and she was <coughs> like, hey, you know what we got to make tonight? Tacos. I was like, boo. And she's like, wow. I've never met anyone that was that yeah. anti. And then I watched her make it, and I was like, Why does this smell so good? (laughs) What do you What are you doing differently? Whoa! This looks like Taco Bell. And I ate it. I'm like, this is so good. she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, it's, it's so good. I want all of it. Let's More, do this please. every night right. for the whole week. So rawr, rawr. I realized it's because my mom didn't put any spices in it. It was just regular ground beef with big, large chunks of cheddar cheese. And oh, was my like, God. Was like, like Velveeta? She put, not like not Vel- Velveeta. She put Velveeta it's in It's like the- that thick, like shredded cheese. Yeah, you know, yeah, It's not yeah, like yeah, fine yeah. or anything. I was just, I was only like, eh, <laughs> I don't really like this. I guess he doesn't like to... Tacos. Oh, I'm like, God, yeah, I don't like just so funny. ground beef and cheese. Like, yeah. Where's the flavor? That's so funny. My mom also throws away my dad's spices. Why? She's like, it just smells in here. It smells. Oh. It just stinks up the house. I'm like, it stinks it up with flavor. How dare
0: you? <laughs> it makes me It makes me sad is what it does. <laughs> yeah, it I don't know how so I came sad. out of
1: there being able to cook anything. I don't either, man. Like I, I'm like, whew. I, I'm so thrilled that I got to the point where I used to work six six a.m. to two p.m. So yeah. I'd always come home before Jill. So I was like, well, I'm not just gonna wait for her to come home and be like, Where's
2: dinner? Right.
1: So I just started like planning and cooking. I'd done that since 2005. It's awesome, yeah. And I got to the point where I was like just really cooking all the time, doing yeah. all sorts of stuff. And we kind of split it fifty fifty at first, but then it got to the point where I was always home before her. So yeah. I'm like, Well, I'm just gonna always just gonna cook. I'll just cook it. And we come up with new recipes and try new things. It's the simplest thing. Yeah. I was like. I'll There's
0: take. a couple times that I've been over to your place where you've been where you've had something you've either made dinner or there was leftovers and you were like you want some and it was it's been
1: fantastic. Thank you very yeah. much. I mean something as simple as just like some penne pasta. Oh that dish yeah. Cook it. Add some olive oil in it with some maybe some hot links or again some Italian sausage with some olive oil, salt, pepper, parmesan. Simple. Bam 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 right. done. Delicious. Right. So good. I'm like what? Yeah it's so easy. I'm like I'm sitting there going why didn't we do this? <laughs> It's not that difficult. Is it healthy? No, but it's easy to make. Right. And if it's yeah. about ease, yeah. I'm like make a giant pot of pasta and just have everyone they have leftovers. It's really easy.
0: Yeah. I'm like oh, and you man. got you got dinner for a couple nights, man. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. I'll tell you who does that really well, and I've been picking his brain more and more recently is Rob. Yeah, you he, tell me about he, that. He's a, he's one of the guys that can go. He'll walk in somewhere. He'll see something on the wall or on the shelf, and he was like, "I can make this." Yeah. And like he'll have an entire recipe built based off of one thing he sees. Yeah. Or like he'll go home. And he's like, "All right, what do I got?" Oh, we can make this dish, and he'll actually make like a full Italian dish or wow. something out of it. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't see things that way. Like I've got to know when I go to the store, I got to be like, I'm gonna make this dish, and I'm <laughs> gonna get the ingredients for it. Yeah. I'm not one of those people who can just walk into a store and just look at the shelf and go. Oh, I could make that. And then just then you get the ingredients. Like, I've got to go in with
1: a, with an intent. I kind of can do that. Yeah. I'll have, like, some inspiration for something, and I'll be like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll just do this. But it's very basic shit. Sure, yeah. It's yeah. not like, ooh, we'll do a roast. Right. And then we'll do a fresh chopped salad. Right. Because fuck salads. And, like, you know, I'll sit there and be right. like... All right, I'm going to get a, bunch, a couple things of chicken. I'm sure I'll figure out something to do with this. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, we'll do barbecue chicken tonight. Yeah. And then other times I'm like, you know what? I feel like doing chicken tacos tonight, so we'll use it for that. Or I'll have some pork, and that's just pork. I yep. just make pork. I don't it's too pork. crazy yeah, with that. Yeah. You know, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Or I'll, I'll have some ideas for different yeah. things that I can do. Or or I'll hear something. I'm like, that sounds really good. Yeah. Like I heard Joe Rogan talking about, you know, yeah, man, just get some broccoli. Throw some mushrooms in there. A little bit of olive oil. some Some garlic. He's like, oh. It's perfect, healthy meal. I'm like, I'm going to make that for lunch. Right. But I'm going to add bacon. Because why the fuck? And God? I did. Yeah. And it was delicious. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I felt so good, like, warming up my food. Because normally I'm like, don't look at me as I warm up my... I'm my, a... Don't my, look at me. I'm a monster. My Italian sausage. <laughs> Just giant sausages. You're gonna finish what you're eating because I will. I'm like, look at all the green in
0: here. Right. There's also mushrooms. Also, people
1: hated you because you warmed up broccoli at work. It wasn't too bad, really. Actually. Yeah, really. Well, I took the probably <laughs> took away the. This guy was. You warmed up. Let me wait. Let me back that up. You
0: back not it only up. did you warm up broccoli, you warmed up broccoli with garlic, cloves of garlic in there, not and cloves. bacon. It was garlic
1: paste, so it was all good. And mm. bacon, so and okay. bacon helps, right? It helps, but it also helped because those are very aromatic things. This guy I work with, he and I have like a a, a very, you know, silly banter back and forth with each other. And yeah, I'm based out of my new location now, so it was my first time back in a few days. You needed to to really stink up the kitchen, yeah. So he came in, he's like, hey, Doug, I need to talk to you, you know, a little bit later. He's like, kind of being like, just being real shitty about it. I go, oh, yeah? Then why don't you ask me right now in front of all these people right here in the lunchroom? And everyone turned and looked at him like, we're waiting.
2: He goes, you said, that. yeah.
1: He just goes, I'll talk to you later. He, like, runs. Away. I've I'm going to finish
0: eating my broccoli and garlic. You talk to me later.
1: I've always just found a way of, like, taking whatever he gives me and just, like, flinging it right back at him. It's That's like, awesome. Woof. And he's like, oh, God, the attention. Yeah. Like, you're welcome. Like, I can't take it. Like, yes.
0: Unbeknownst to you, he was going to heat up fish.
1: Mm. There's sometimes I've been in there and I'm like what the fuck is going on in this kitchen right oh, now? Oh yeah. Why? Oh, is there this are happening?
0: some dude, there I the the kitchens at work are some of the worst. Like there is at 12:45 after everyone the main chunk of people have had a chance to warm up and cook and reheat and do whatever. The marriage of smells and just things that that permeate the kitchen. It it's unlike anywhere else in the world. Like if you go to an office at twelve forty five and walk mm-hmm. into the kitchen, any office and walk into the kitchen, it's you can't even there you can't distinguish one thing from another. There have been so many things
1: just warmed up. It's disgusting. You know what I hate the most? What? Burnt popcorn. Really? Someone will do always, people make popcorn a lot yeah, at your office? They do. That's and interesting. And those dumbasses don't know how to fucking heat. Something else, and this is just a pet peeve of yeah, mine. Yeah. Someone will be like, hey, I'm going to heat up my food. They put it on for five minutes, and then they take it out two and a half, and they just leave. And they don't reset it or anything. Oh, I'm the like, microwave? I'm like, why did you put it in for five? <laughs> you knew it wasn't going to go in there for
0: five. Right, because I wanted to get it heated up to the five mark, but not... For five
1: minutes. It doesn't make any sense. It's yeah, because it gets new- hotter. At no, five. it doesn't. Yeah, it it's, totally that's does. That's not how it works. Absolutely. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson would say otherwise. No, absolutely. That's how he it works. He understands microwave. No, you nuke it. I was just saying, you fucking nuke that shit. <laughs> you nuke it. You nuke it on five, but take it out at two and a half. I'm just like, what? And then people just don't hit, like, stop and reset. I'm right. like,
0: reset the fucking. Come on. Right. Come on. It's a small pet peeve, but it absolutely. I totally get that.
1: And another thing, like, something I like, just randomly, Yeah. that I, small joys about. Having in your life. feet tickled? Uh, no, uh, just foam soap. Going into a, a restaurant or That's something, hilarious. i got to wash my hands, and it's like there's foam soap. I'm like, I fucking love this place. <laughs> I just love it. I yeah. love foamy soap. I've been trying to say this on the podcast for weeks.
0: Foamy soap. I was like,
1: I need to talk about foamy soap and how much I like it.
0: You know what I don't like?
1: What's that? Is
0: uh, coarse powdered soap. There's one restaurant I've been to, coarse and I love the restaurant. Powdered soap. Yes, I love the restaurant, so I'm not gonna call it out. But it, it, when Is you it from the 1950s, when you put your hand under, you you push you push the lever, and you get a handful of powder. And you rub it under the thing, and it's coarse. And it like kind of like exfoliates, I guess, your hand. like, It's doing the the scrubbing for you, literally. And it soaps up, and then you wash it off. But I'm like, this is interesting.
1: This is very odd. I don't odd. like that at all. I,
0: I, the first time, I was like, what, what did I break? Like, the first time, I put my hand under it. This and soap's then, broken. This powder just poofed out. I'm like, what is happening right now?
1: Your, your soap's old. Your soap. It's
0: expired. <laughs> Guys, your foam dried up. <laughs> Your phone, do you know about your phone? I
1: think your soap expired. Just, this isn't good. This is against code. Right, exactly. That's weird. Yeah. You know what else is weird? What's that? The ritual. Ooh, there he goes. Yeah.
0: I, was like, I don't know how I'm going to go into this. <laughs> the ritual uh, where two people enter into a <laughs> ring uh, and one person leaves, also known as <laughs> a
1: throwdown. It's
0: throwdown. <laughs> <laughs> Had trouble getting into that one today. I don't know why. You're really good. It was hard coming from foam soap. Yeah. To throwdown
1: coarse, fo- no,
0: coarse, coarse foam. No coarse soap. Sorry. Let me try that again. Yeah. You know what coarse soap is good for though? Rubbing
1: the it, skin off of your opponent's face.
0: That I was also going to say getting out blood stains. Oh, okay. There you go. Blood stains that come from a throwdown. The
2: throwdown. Oh, there
1: you go.
0: Yeah, that was better. I like that one. Yeah. We'll edit that in post. Meow. Yeah. Meow. <laughs> today, I don't have a throwdown oh good. i've been I've been thinking and I was like, we've already done Monty Python versus someone. I think yeah. it's in the hall. I, nothing we talked about today sparked anything, so what I was actually going to do is put uh I was going to put the uh Lexus commercials oh Jesus Christ or the narrator from the Lexus commercials up against the uh, Dennis Leary narrator for Ford
1: Well, the thing is the Lexus commercials. The guy just sounds like such a
0: Again, I don't know, that's not a good one. I I literally have absolutely. I'm I my brain is complete mush today. That's okay. I don't have a good throwdown. We're going to get through I'm sorry this. to the
1: audience. Don't don't apologize. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Why don't you dare apologize <laughs> to that. There's um what's there, there's uh All right, so Tom Cruise is in a movie called Mission Impossible, right? Yep. All right. Cool. We've established that. I mean, not that. a new one, but yes. I mean, what do you mean not a new one? I mean, it's... One came out this year. Truth. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's true. So he plays, like, what, a secret agent? Yes. All right. So how would he fare up against someone like Jason Bourne?
0: So Tom Cruise's character in Mission Impossible. Ethan,
1: Ethan Hunt? Hunt? Hunt. I almost want to say Ethan Hunt. I like, that's not It. Ethan Hunt versus Jason Bourne. Um... That's interesting. Okay, I can dig that one. Because Ethan Hunt does a lot of crazy shit. He does a lot of crazy I mean, shit.
0: He, <clears throat> I feel like Ethan Hunt is very reliant on other people, though. Is he, though? Yeah, because he's got, like, Simon Pegg telling him when to jump out windows.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, there's that sequence in the – you know, I haven't seen the most recent one, but he's he's duking it out in a bathroom, you know, fighting really hard yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. He's hanging out of planes. He is.
0: He's hanging off planes.
1: You know, mm-hmm. I feel like Jason Bourne's more lethal though, because Jason Bourne's an assassin.
0: Yeah, Jason Bourne was was bred to be an assassin. Ethan Hunt was was born to be a spy.
1: Exactly, which are two very different things. Yeah,
0: um, I don't know. So as far as like espionage goes and being able to get intel and really knowing about Jason Bourne, I feel like Ethan Hunt would be able would have the one up on that.
1: I suppose would his organization be able to find Jason Bourne? Though, That's true because Jason
0: Bourne, Jason Bourne was like. Like, above black ops right exactly. like they were like super deep yeah like hidden covered yeah. up so yeah I don't they may, they may not have even been able to until probably not until the turn in the movie mm-hmm. like yeah mid act two yeah or late act two they wouldn't have even known that this organization existed
1: yeah that what was what was Bourne's organization uh Blackstone tread Treadstone Treadstone yeah <laughs> black Briar was the one for ultimate yes
0: uh, yeah, so Treadstone, they probably didn't even they wouldn't have known until about 2 thirds of the way through the movie that Treadstone was even a thing. Yeah. So So in that time, I got to give it to Bourne in this situation. I
1: feel like it cuz I mean, we've seen I feel like Bourne is just he's pure lethal. Not that Ethan Hunt doesn't kill people.
0: Right, or not that he can't handle himself or he's yeah. not resor-
1: he's very resourceful. Exactly. But Jason Bourne is just straight up just murder central. Right. You know well, I mean? and
0: again, he was he was bred to be that. That mm-hmm. is that is that is his mission is yeah. to at all cost At any cost Execute the target
1: Exactly Yeah I mean he hit out In the first movie He hit out on that boat For days Five days He waited to go To finally kill Wombosi Right Before he was like Oh shit there's kids here I have right. a conscience And they jumped off the boat And got shot Right Amnesia um, Hashtag. And also, I mean, we've seen him multiple times be able to navigate areas on, on a whim. Yeah. And just blend in and yeah. stuff like that. I His just, I instincts find
0: him, are, are
1: they're impeccable. second to none. Yeah. Yeah, he's and, also, yeah. He's just very, very lethal. Yeah. So I feel like if all things being equal. Uh, I have to give it to Bourne. I got
0: to give it to Jason Bourne. Even though, again, I think Ethan Hunt, given enough time, I think he could gather some really good intel on him, and he could he could probably come up with a good plan.
1: What's he going to do? Not shit his pants? Is that going to be the intel? Yes. This guy's really fucking dangerous. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah.
0: So, yeah, I would say... Uh, but I, the thing is, though, I think Ethan Hunt is also a pretty good master of disguise. <laughs> and... Uh, so there, he he might be able to evade. For oh, a that's while. right.
1: They have those fucking face those right. face offs. Yeah, you know, face masks. The
0: the plaster.
1: The, uh, the yeah, the rubber masks. Yeah, whatever the fuck those are called. Yeah,
0: uh, I'm still gonna give it to Born. I would Born say would just
1: punch that right off his face. Exactly. Yeah.
0: No, he would. And he would. He would. He would fucking shove it right down Ethan Hunt's throat. Yeah. Yeah. Right up his pooper. As Ethan
1: Hunt was twiddling his clit nice call Jason for the Jason Ford, yay Justin what do you got to promote this um, week or a shout out I don't know go
0: watch Mission
2: Impossible <laughs> it's probably good I don't know uh, it's probably good yeah, I mean who um, knows who fucking
0: knows yeah Big Mouth season 2 uh I'm further into it and it's fucking amazing
1: I think I'm like 4 episodes in Yeah, and I'm a big fan it's really it's really really, good. really, really I have to, that's also the thing I'm going to promote is Big Mouth it's yeah. so fucking good Highly recommend it. Go check it out. There was something
0: else, but I'll wait till next week. Wait till next week. Yeah. Also, this is the first uh, episode we've recorded since I ran the marathon. Yes. Happy marathon. One came out after I ran it, but. yeah, I, I I beat my time. I came in uh, 4 hours 53 minutes and 8 seconds, so oh I beat boy. my time by last year by 13 and a half
1: minutes. Suck that, old Justin. Fuck you, 2007 Justin. 17 Justin. Boop,
0: boop, and 2007, 2007. Justin. Fuck was fuck a you shithead. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Thank That's you,
1: man. awesome. Seriously, it's really really good. Appreciate it. Nice. I All don't right. have to do it again now. Yay! Yay! Yay. Guys, you can find MindGap on Facebook. Look for our page there. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Mind Gap Podcast. Justin exists in the digital realm.
0: On Instagram and Twitter at Justin underscore Michael spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on iTunes, on Stitcher, on...
2: Spotify.
0: And on Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold. You can subscribe to us. You can leave a review. Let everyone know what, uh, what they're in for. And then the big thing is please share us around. There's a share button. Click it. Share us. We love that. 2East8th.com slash MindGap and 2East8th.com slash The Best Bar Podcast Ever uh, is the other podcast I do every Monday with Mila Stavanovich. And this last Monday, when you're listen- when this comes out, the previous Monday, uh, we had the executive chef uh, from McDonald's on, Ooh, Mike Harris. You're going nice. to want to listen to that episode because cool. he's a fucking cool... We went to high school with
1: him. That's He's awesome. a cool guy. That's really, really yeah. cool. Uh, real quick, before we go, apparently uh, Natalie is watching Guardians of the Galaxy. And oh, she asked, yeah. I thought they were watching robots. She goes, what is Star-Lord doing?
0: I she asked it. you that.
1: She asked, what is Star-Lord doing? I like it. I love it. I love so,
0: so much. Guys? Star-Lord is living for Star-Lord.
1: I won as a parent. Mind Gap Podcast.